Welcome to another episode of Repeater. My name is Evan. And I am Pat. And today we are lucky to be joined by another Pat. This time, the improviser, sketch comedian, all-around funny man, Pat May. Hey, I'm Pat May. And uh, I think to not be confused, I'm going to go by P. May today. Okay. Which you is are... Evan's name for me. Yeah. <laughs> you are P. May today. It is my yeah. personal name for Pat. Yeah. Um, that way it's never P. May, that is. Yeah. I bet I will like instinctually react to Pat a few times. Yeah. I will probably also instinctually call you Pat a few right. times. Yeah. It'll yeah. just build up some wonderful comedic confusion. Yeah. So this is going to be great. Yeah. It's Even gonna when be... you're looking at the other Pat, I'm still going to be like, <laughs> well, I don't know why you didn't look at me today, but. It's going to be brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's in for a wild ride. Yeah. Obviously you're mad at me, but <laughs> this is what I. Um, well, thanks for joining us. Yeah, of We're going to just get started by something we've been listening to recently. Yep. So, uh, why don't, wasn't Pat start us off? Sure. Anyway, I'm going (laughs) to, that's not me. Um, man, I feel like it's been a lot. Uh, it's my, my big thing I've been listening to this week. Um, bunch of Tom Petty, Mm -hmm. um, you know. Tom Petty died two days ago as of this recording. Yes. He died two days ago? Mm -hmm. I was, wasn't there like a little bit of a mix as to like if he wasn't dead yet or if he was like people weren't sure? Yeah. The, I think it was the LA Times. Last time he was alive and that was like yesterday. Now I'm like, oh, I guess I'm dumb. No, because the initial report was like, he's dead. And then hours later, LA Times like rescinded what they said yeah okay. um so i guess intensive care I yeah yeah so wow. but he ultimately ended up passing away um so i've sort of been diving through that catalog again and mm. realizing like you know when i was a kid or like getting into music it was something that um i was considered to be like dad rock and like not cool or whatever and you know as i get older i'm like yeah i was a dumb kid and just for the sake of like trying to find my own thing, wrote off this incredible catalog of songs. Um, so I've sort of been just doing a deep dive on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's great. interesting. I, um, cause he does have a little bit of that rep, but then he also had a popular and successful album in like the mid nineties, uh, yeah. wildflowers. And my brother had that album and I listened to it this morning when I got up and it's interesting because I forget how, how current and, relevant that album actually was in my life even though i do think of him mostly as a like 80s rocker or mm-hmm. 70s rocker you know like a more dad rock type of figure but he did have an album that i definitely like grew up on and listened to a lot when it was popular yeah so it's pretty incredible that he spanned you know that amount of time being just even just being successful mm-hmm. as a rock figure specifically i yeah. feel like dad rock as a, like, I really dug dad, dad rock when I was younger. Like, that was, um, like, 13, 14, maybe till my 20s or so. And the thing I always realized about dad rock is that it's objectively got the best musicians in it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, in my mind, like, I would probably say, like, Jimi Hendrix is, and, like, Led Zeppelin is uh, dad rock, right? Yeah, Like, I'm not crazy rock. to think that. No, I don't think you're nuts. So you it's, have, it's like... It's, like, cooler dad rock, but it's definitely... I think we could all consider it in that category of yeah. classic rock, which is definitely what dads are into. Right. So it's, like, objectively got masters of that instrument, mm-hmm. you know? And I know, like, jazz is probably a harder form, but, like, 
I don't know. You just hear like the best of the best and they all were in like dad rock bands, I guess, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I so think that's totally right. Yeah. Granted, that's just like rock and roll and guitars and drums and bass, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's also like, uh, just things that people that are dads are into. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm sure there's a subset of people that you could start qualifying like sublime as dad rock. Wow. Yeah. Well, Maybe once we all start having dads. kids, it will be. Yeah. <laughs> like now that my brother's a dad, I would say sublime is dad rock. Cool. You know, is it just as soon as a dad likes it, it becomes, it belongs to dads. It has to be like maybe more of a generation of dads than, yeah. one, than one or two dads. You know, I think like yeah. once a blanket generation of dads agrees that this is generally good music, mm. then that's it starts to phase into dad rock probably. Okay. I could get into that. I'm just wondering if like if too many dads like so- it has to be like a certain year old, right? Probably. I yeah, know. I think so. I also don't like Sublime, so I know if I ever became a dad, I would never, like, I feel like I wouldn't take ownership of Sublime. I'd be like, it's not dad rock. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, dad rock's all subjective, ultimately. Yeah, it is, and I'll never be a dad, so this all works out super well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something that I've been listening to lately that probably does not qualify as dad music, although is old enough to, at this point, probably, is um, I've randomly been listening to uh, the very best of D-Light. And D-Light is like this uh, house and electronic band sort of from the early 90s, best known for their hit song, Groove is in the Heart. I don't know if you guys remember that song, but it's like this dancey 90s club song. I I bet you would recognize it. Um, But I've been listening to like their greatest hits album and Groove in the Heart is a jam, but a lot of their other songs are good. Like I think we've probably, a lot of recent electronic music has brought back a lot of more retro sounding keyboards and samplers and stuff like that. So a lot of it's actually not that unfamiliar to maybe stuff that we listen to now, maybe a little more dancey, but Mm -hmm. like Mm. the sounds are actually kind of similar. And they have this one song that every time it comes, it's like in the middle of the compilation and it totally kills me. It's called, I had a dream. I was falling through a hole in the ozone layer. Mm -hmm. And it is all about like, it is so early nineties and it's quintessential environmentalism. Mm -hmm. Like it's all just about, do we think of Mother Earth as a being that we need to care for and protect? If we keep polluting this world, uh, the Earth will heat up and we will all die. Like it is so preachy and mm. so painfully. What it's year like was Captain this? Planet, but in a but in a song. I don't know what year it is. I would guess like 1992 or something like that. Though. Yeah, it's very okay. Captain Planety and of the time. Right, and it's. I can't imagine it ever being made now because it would be so lame and so like, duh, why are you making a song about this? Right. I was thinking more of like, at first I was like, well, around like the mid 2000s when George W. Bush was a thing, Mm -hmm. I feel like everything was a little preachy. Yeah. That was more political. Yeah. It was more of a political time and like we all hated the man, but like, I don't know. Everything was kind of that level of preachy, like explaining right. why the Iraq war was wrong. Like every yeah. other few yeah. minutes, you know, like, yeah. And, and we're probably doing it now with issues of our time. Yeah. And it's, it's not until the issues feel like obvious or maybe mm. just worn out that you're even going to get to that point. Yeah. 
or maybe it's just a matter of like what kind of music is delivering that message. Like sure. folk music always gets away with delivering a socially conscious message. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rap kind of always gets away with delivering a socially conscious message, but like dancing club music, <laughs> maybe not the best vehicle. Also like dad rock can't really get away with super, like you can't get away with a full sentence. I feel like, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Or like anything that's too literal. I don't think you can get away with a lot of right. stuff like that. And that's yeah. This, yeah, this song title looks more like it belongs to Minus the Bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, but the song wouldn't be about that if it was Minus the Bear. That's well, the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yes, this definitely came out in 1992. Looked it up. Nice. Uh, Pime, what's something you've been listening to? Um, so I'm sure you guys probably get people who listen to podcasts a lot, which is mm-hmm. what I've been doing mostly. But the main, I've been listening to full albums recently. I got into electronic dancey video game music as of recent because I have one brand and that's video games. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, the new album I've been listening to is uh, an album called Spin Dash 2, which is all, I believe, all mixed by, not all mixed, but like sound checked or edited or something by DJ Cutman. And every track is from the Sonic the Hedgehog series (laughs) over the last like 30 years plus. So you just listen to different Sonic tra- tracks by different DJs and stuff, and they've mixed it and remixed it. And it's great. I really like it. I like it for... I find that it's just good for walking around, working out, and writing. And that's something that's kind of important to me is, like, something I can listen to no matter what I'm doing and just something to, like, let my thoughts kind of flow mm-hmm. around. So it's great. I really dig it. I understand that probably not everyone listens to that, so I'll get if no one has anything to, like, bounce back about it. But... Um, it's probably been the thing I've been checking out the last few months is just like music I can kind of write to that's not lyric heavy yeah. and then something I can kind of leave on and work out to and stuff like that. Yeah. Is cool. it like remixes of the Sonic songs or is it covers or? It kind of goes back and forth a little bit. Okay. Be- it's typically a remix where they're not following the exact same like, mm-hmm. uh, Usually they'll like change up the pace or they'll start with this or that. And um, while like I've listened to like band versions of the songs and that's literally just the song, but you don't get that sweet SNES uh, Super Nintendo or like a Nintendo um, music quality. Mm -hmm. You instead get like guitar or like a keyboard or whatever. And it sounds great, but I kind of more appreciate what people take and what they change about it. Yeah. Because I sometimes get the opinion of like, we want to like pay service to this product that someone made 20 years ago, mm-hmm. but instead we just do it again in a loving way. Right. But it's like, okay, but you just did it again. You know, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I kind of like it when people make some big changes to it and kind of make it their own, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Shows a deeper appreciation of what it is and their yeah. own creativity. Uh, I have a buddy who for a while was doing like rap remixes with um, video game music. Mm-hmm. He, he go, went under the, the title of team teamwork team and he teamwork. did the Ocarina okay. of rhyme. There you go. <laughs> he did uh, there's another one called super Nintendo Sega Genesis and another one, final fantasy seven T teamwork team teamwork. I want to say I've maybe seen him or heard of him in a YouTube. Yeah, he was big on like, 
There's not a like lot of those 2009, guys. 2010. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He like, cause those were blowing up on Reddit and stuff because at the time, yeah, especially he was actually taking hip hop and actually combining it with video games. He wasn't just remixing the video games, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of hip hop heads, especially who like video games were like super into it. And then a lot of video game people, I feel like felt like it was cool versions of their music. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it was yeah. like socially acceptable to listen to video game music because Mos Def is rhyming on this track or something like that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, it was pretty sweet. Yeah. Those can work out. Like there's a guy, Megaran, who I've listened to a bunch and he got, um, I guess the word is like blessing or like allowed to use the music. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of these, like a lot of people aren't really, they just do it and hope they don't get sued. Right. But like, <laughs> the spin dash album has like had the blessing from Sega to like do what they want. That's cool. Um, Mega Ran got blessing from cap and like they did it and it worked and it was really great. Um, and then after the fact they're like, Hey, just so you know, you have our blessing. We're not going right. to like, you. like, this is great. We love it. Well, we don't have the blessing to play any music on this show, right? <laughs> but this That's is true. a perfect segue into, uh, <laughs> what song did you want to talk That's about true. today? Pat? Uh, okay. I brought in shock of the century video game music. It's from, <laughs> Uh, my favorite system of all time for one of my favorite, not, I'm not going to say one of my favorite games, but this is from Diddy Kong Quest. It's called uh, Sticker Bush Symphony, or it's also called Bramble Blast. Cool. Let's live in, Let's give a little listen let's to it. Let's give a little listen. Right now. Sure. We're dancing. It's pretty chill dance music. It's, it is. It's chill dance music. It, I like it because it has a lot of functions. It's a good, like, looking at something pretty <laughs> song. It's uh, good chill down music. It's also like you can do a little dance with it. You know, it's great. It's, I think, the greatest video game song of all time. Um, all right. That is a strong... Yeah. It's, Strong recommendation. It's, I, like that. I, I don't think it really gets better than that. Yeah. Like, if you don't like that song, it's hard to imagine you would like anything. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> well, let's uh, let's try to figure... I think we know why we, you chose this song, but yeah. we usually like to try to offer a guess. Oh, sure. So, um, let's see. My guess is going to be that this is a... Just j- based on music alone, mm-hmm. this is a level in the game that is like maybe... Maybe a little more of a, I don't know how to describe it, like a puzzle, like like a trickier to figure out or like an oasis in the game. It just feels like a chill song. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of thinking like, oh, maybe this is a part of the game where you have a little more time and you're not necessarily just like outrunning barrels or something like that. <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. Um, yeah. My... Uh... Having never played this game, my vision also of this. just meeting me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I'm like, how would you guess this? But please, I'm I'm going to get this right. <laughs> no, like because I didn't have an N64, but uh, or that's this what is I was Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo. Yeah, I didn't have that because we were a Sega household. Yeah, mm-hmm. my parents happen. bought one Sega, and we're like, yeah, you're not getting anything else. There's too many; they're too expensive. Yeah, I get uh, it. But it. Yeah, it's a chill song, and it reminds me of there's a level in Sonic where he goes to like a nightclub world or yeah. like Starlight. Yeah, Starlight. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like, I had that kind of vibe from this. Yeah, um, that's a good. That's a good. Another good song. I actually really like that song a lot. Yeah. So I imagine this one was Diddy Kong uh, running around looking for bananas. 
Yep. <laughs> so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but aside from it being the best song that's ever been <laughs> in video games, uh, yeah. is there a specific reason maybe why this one speaks to you or why you chose it? Well, I could kind of go on for an hour about why I chose it. But I do want to say, Evan, you are really close. <laughs> and it's practically right, which is that it is a level that is very hard and is kind of a puzzle because you're finding the right route between these barrels to get out of a vineyard. Mm -hmm. You're like in a viney sky kind of thing. And it's very hard and it's uh, kind of, you're there for a long time. And the idea behind the music was that this is such a hard level and you're going to be there for a while. Let's like treat the player to some nice music. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, that's sometimes a, um, that's just a quote I liked. And it's something I try to apply to things sometimes where if something's really difficult, I don't have to like stress out about it or I don't have to like punish myself about it. We can just take it nicely and treat ourselves nicely over it, you know? Mm -hmm. Or if we like really fucked up, it doesn't. Can I curse? I'm yeah. assuming so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, or if I like did something horrible, I don't have to like whip myself really hard. You can just, you know, chill out and relax a little bit. Um, but I like that song for all those reasons. Um, I think it's also a really good representation of what the Super Nintendo is capable of because mm -hmm. I think it's the greatest system of all time. Mm -hmm. And uh, musically, that system has that like very funky keyboard that I think that song kind of captures the range that their sound system has. It's not the typical like kind of funky, bassy or like groovy keyboard you'll hear from the SNES a lot of the time. Like if you look up SNES music, you'll hear like some really unique music and sounds that you're not going to hear anywhere else, really. And you'll kind of hear some other people who remix songs just based off the SNES music capabilities. Mm -hmm. So I've always really enjoyed that song because it's showing off what the SNES is capable of and what a lot of people weren't doing with it at the time. Um, yeah. And uh, I kind of can't praise enough how I think it's the prettiest song when you listen to it in full. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll it stop is. talking. I've been talking. About it. <laughs> no, it's a it's a beautiful song. It's a it's definitely like a a bit of a journey, you know, too. Like it's it builds, a, yeah. it swells, it yeah, and it never it does kind of the thing you're talking about of it never really falls into that trap of what quote unquote video game music sounds like. Mm -hmm. It kind of just like uses all those elements, but never hits you over the head. Like you could hear it basically arranged by an orchestra or something, and would have no clue. Like yeah. that it was written to usher someone through a level of a video game. Yeah. yeah. And I really, really love what you're saying about providing somebody with some comfort when they're doing something difficult. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think that ever occurred to me uh, as a part of like what a game designer might be trying to do mm -hmm. with, with the music in a level is to almost let you know that it's okay to find this difficult. Yeah, and especially with Donkey Kong, which is a very frustratingly hard series. But when you look at it, it doesn't appear that way because it's just like cute <laughs> critters and like kind of goofy comedy. But then you play it and you're like, why is this the hardest thing I've ever played? And that's something I've always liked is uh, something that's not like, hey, we're about to like crush your nuts. You know, like <laughs> you're going to like play a game. It's going to be fun. But like the atmosphere is going to chill you out so that you'll want to keep playing, you know. Like, uh, this is maybe the tiniest of tangents, but like, you know, the, when you get, when you get killed in like Mario brothers, there's that sound clip that's like, doo -doo, like, doo -doo, you know, you yeah. can't really do it with your mouth, but
but it's like essentially like three keynotes really quickly put together and the sound isn't supposed to and the sound doesn't like isn't like wow you fucked up you know like <laughs> oh that feels bad but it's like ah oh you know it's just like oh right. the fun's over you know yeah. like yeah. we're like oh gotta try again it's like the sound doesn't say you fucked up give up the sound is like try again you know like mm-hmm. okay that was fun but try one more time you know that's something that i think is really important to some games is to like not just like make you feel like shit but to like hey don't give up you know just keep playing yeah. So I think that's important. And yeah. That's what that song represents. Yeah, that's great because I definitely remember playing some games where they use music to affect your mood. You right. Know, like a ter- kind of terrifying, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. which is also great, but like, I don't need all that stress in my life all no, the time. No, you really do not. Yeah. Um, but like the great thing about this song, like, because I enjoy video game music, like, mm. I don't listen to it often, but. I went through a really heavy phase of listening to um, Anamanaguchi. Yeah, I, I love Anamanaguchi. They're great. Because when I, uh, what was it? I saw them live by accident. Like they opened up for some other band. And, you That's know, great. I when they basically like live. plopped like a Nintendo. table yeah. with a Nintendo on it, I was like, yeah. oh my God. And to like hear like, because some of the uh, things about this song are, video game music that I enjoy is like you get sort of a glimmer out of the notes because of how limited the actual circuitry is. Yeah. Yeah. So they, it has this very like specific character to it. That's just so pretty to me. So today when I listen to the song, I had just been listening to the new Fortet album, which is like chill kind of ambient dance music and he samples jazz and whatever. Mm. And I switched to this and it fit. Yeah. Like it easily could just fit on an album that came out like two days ago. Um, I think the first version of this that I found just because I was looking, I was on Apple Music as I was going to work today mm-hmm. and decided to say, oh, like, oh, look up this song, see if it happens to be on Apple Music, was some kind of, I think, jazz ensemble playing this this song. Yeah, I'd believe it. And I was, it was funny because I was listening to it and I was thinking like, oh, this is like, this must be a really cool interpretation of this music or this must be a really like jazzy musical take on it. And then I heard the actual song and I thought to myself, oh, actually that was a really faithful take on what this music is just with different instruments. And that is just a testament to, you know, the original song is that, yeah, this kind of jazz combo was really pulling it off without having to necessarily change that much mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. It's maybe the thing I like about the 8-bit NES style of music is that it's really easy. I find myself having an easy time listening to it just if I want to do something for like a hot second. But then I really like the takes that other people get out of it. Like you'll listen to anything from Castlevania, I think like Castlevania 1 through 3, and you'll find that, like, you listen to the same song and how many people have different takes off each mm-hmm. song. Because it can be, a lot of that Castlevania music, in my opinion, can be seen as, like, a jazzy thing or, like, can be taken the metal the metal uh, way. And I can't really think of another example off the top of my head, but, like, you'll just find that you can see their experience with a game through the way they play it. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's something I've really appreciated is like, and then seeing the same, not maybe not the exact same, but like 
the first Castlevania game had like a few really good tracks, and then you see the tracks get remixed in a later Castlevania game, and it's like not nearly the way you think they would play it. And it's just like, wow, that's like not what I thought they would do with that track. I also wasn't even expecting them to play the track in the first place. So it was like fun to see that. And then to have your expectation kind of put on its head as to what maybe that song could have originally sounded like or what they wanted to do with it is very Mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You're kind of illuminating something to me that I've obviously just been very ignorant of is just how much the music in video games matters to people that play video games. It's maybe my second to third um, care in a game. Yeah. It's gameplay, music, and then uh, graphics, to be honest. Usually graphics is maybe even fifth or sixth sometimes. I usually care about the music first. Yeah. That... I guess it's not surprising, you know, because mm-hmm. it is such a part of the experience of doing something the same way a soundtrack is part of a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I may, may be a little bit ignorant for me as well, but it's like sometimes with movies, I don't notice a soundtrack unless it's particularly great or right. particularly bad, you know? Mm-hmm. And I guess I've kind of always thought about video games that way too. Like mm-hmm. there's some jams, there's some greatest hit songs, obviously, but for the most part, I probably wouldn't, notice very much yeah but yeah. i also don't play video games that much and I haven't since s- i was a kid yeah and i'm um, do you have a i'm sorry i don't want to you go the i i feel like one of the big pitfalls of a lot of so movies and games are probably the two um greatest and i mean this i'll ex- explain how i mean this but they're probably the like biggest things you can do in terms of um media in terms of experience they're like the ultimate experience in that when you see a movie, you're visually looking at something, you're hearing something, and the movie's also giving you a feel. Mm-hmm. And I could kind of make, and then if you're doing the like 4D thing, you're also smelling shit and right. like you're being tossed around. <laughs> but then if you, I think what is even greater than that is honestly a video game, only because you then have a controller and you're deciding what's happening. Right. And you're, every time you move your character, the world reacts. You know, so you're getting, you're seeing something, you're hearing something and you're feeling what your character feels in a seat, you know? So with that, um, I find that in the last few years, a lot of games want to be movies. Right. So they do a lot of those like boring, awful cutscenes, which I really despise. And then also you're getting a lot of the same soundtracks as movies, Mm -hmm. which is where I think you're getting a lot of like the violin people screaming and like. I, so I, I, that is a, um, a complaint of video game music that I think is pretty fair, which is that it's now all kind of blending together because it's wanting to be movies and a lot of movie sounds are very similar to one another. In yeah, my experience. they're attempting to be the cinematic thing that right. maybe is better if games aren't exactly that. Yeah, yeah. Now, you're, you're definitely a big fan of old school games, Yeah, right? I, that's kind of my biggest thing. I would say like... Right before the NES, uh, NES, right before the Nintendo 64 <clears throat> is uh, kind of my favorite part. I love a lot of modern video games, and I played a lot of stuff between then and now, but probably my favorite stuff is like SNES, NES, Genesis, you know. So what is it about those older, you know, gaming systems that really appeals to you? Even now, like, because some people probably are getting into video games now because they're so you know, real to life or so uh, mm-hmm. expansive the way that you can walk through them and so cinematic. I bet there are people that love that, you know? Right. And 
it's cool to hear a take on what's what's really great about the old school stuff. Uh, old school stuff, I would say that gameplay kind of came first in a lot of those earlier games. Mm-hmm. I really like what you can do with less than with more, <laughs> like bits of information, like mm-hmm. ones and zeros or whatever. And then after that, it was like, look how amazing this looks when you have twice as many of that. Yeah. And then look how, look how great this looks when you get a little bit more than that. And then some point along the way, around the N64 time, I think it started to look way less good. And then PlayStation 2 was like, I mean, by today's standards, it looks like garbage. But mm-hmm. even back then, it like looked fine. Um, but I really appreciate the way that a game looks and feels when you from that early like early 80s to like late 90s um early 90s look um going back to Castlevania uh that's one of my favorite games ever and one of the main reasons is that I think that game does the the most with less in terms of like making really ballsy moves about how you move mm-hmm. so in that game you move <laughs> I'm so sorry if this is boring. Uh, The way you move in that game is super duper slow. And every time you jump, you can't change your direction once you've jumped. Uh And the way you... It's a horror game, like a horror survival game. And every time you, like, use your weapons, it's typically slow and doesn't have a lot of great returns. So every time you move, it has to be, like, really thought out and really careful. And that is something I see in that game that you would never see in a game today which is that, uh, oh, your character sucks. You know, like, <laughs> get ready to use this guy who, like, is outsped out by everything, can't take the hits that other characters mm-hmm. can take the hits of. And most importantly, like, has this one or two, like, really cool moves, but they're super limited. And if you want to use more of it, you have to, like, go back and look for more hearts, you know? Right. Um, I think that's the kind of really ballsy stuff that you don't see in a lot of games typically, which is that, like... Hey, you're going to get killed unfairly, you know, because you don't know what this layout looks like. Or, you know, you don't know how this thing, you just ran into this huge thing. You're not sure how it moves yet. So get ready for it to kill you just so you could figure out how it moves for a while, you know? Yeah. And I find that a lot of games today are a little too scared to take that risk. Like everything you do has to be like super fluid and super fast. Mm -hmm. And it's like... That's fun, but also, like, people don't move like this, you know? <laughs> and also, like, um, I, I find that a lot of these games are kind of just doing the same thing that the last game did six months ago. Yeah. So I'm really sick of, like, how many times you can check your phone while playing a game. Right. Like, uh, in theory, like, any of these classic games, you can just pause if you need to, like, do a text message mm-hmm. or look something mm-hmm. up. But... In I was playing Witcher 3, which is a game I really despised. <laughs> I find that you're constantly being told, how do you want to react to so-and-so? Like someone's talking to you and what do you say? Mm-hmm. And then you click a thing. It takes like 30 seconds to load the response. It gives it to you. It didn't matter at all and it didn't further <laughs> anything and you're not playing the game. And then you have to do it again. It's just like I find myself continuously picking up my phone yeah. and doing something for those 30 seconds when like, in any other game that I would play today, it's just like, just go. Mm-hmm. Like, here's your thing. Move around the room. Like, I really miss the feeling of having a thing that's new and just moving around the room and seeing how it feels for a minute. Mm-hmm. That's really a feeling that like, a lot of games don't give you anymore. 
they tell you how to do everything and will even tell you the like secret stuff, which is way more fun to figure out in the, in the, in the moment, yeah. you know? Uh, absolutely. Totally agree. I, yeah, I just got a PlayStation and like, yeah, the original or no, 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 four? the four. And a lot of the games on that, mm-hmm. like the, the game that came with it, um, what game? uh, just cause I know just cause and yeah, yeah. you know, it's great. I like it, but mm-hmm. same thing, like 30 minute cutscenes, which yeah. God. great kills. and it yeah. kills it kills me wanting to play a game but it's great for when i want to watch a tv show i guess yeah and it's like not um, even a good tv show no it's boring. it's like a bad movie show and it's only good because you played it and the graphics are a little bad so you yeah. like suspend your animation your belief yeah. whatever you know and um but going off of that mm. and the, the whole music conversation like i think a really interesting thing that we're seeing happening and like the and you know people have been making music with you know, Nintendo's forever. Mm-hmm. But I think probably the resurgence is pr- um, a desire to like be able to make something out of the thing. Like if I went and tried to make like a mod for the game, it's mm-hmm. like, I don't have that kind of money or yeah. time or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, if I wanted to sit down, like I bet I could figure out how to make a song in a Nintendo this weekend. Right. And so I think it's something to do with that. But also, like, when it comes to games and, like, the games that just sort of throw you in and don't tell you anything, it's nice to see. There's a couple that have been popping up um, on the music standpoint. Sword and Sorcery uh, was awesome and, like, a very nice little 8-bit game that I never quite figured out how to play. (laughs) Uh, And then there's another one. I'm blanking on the name, but it was on... I got it through Steam. And... Cuphead? I, th- it, I think it had hype in the name. Hype, okay. Hyper Light Drifter? Yeah. I mean, I, that's one on my list. I haven't played it yet. It's... I heard it's really it's good. It's so good. Yeah. And the thing that, like, made me very happy about it is, like, there's, like, a long opening cutscene. A long. We're talking, like, maybe two minutes. Yeah, that's, um, like, like, a fair amount of time, you know? Yeah. And it tells... It, quote-unquote, tells you the story, but only through visuals. The only text mm. you're provided is all just, like, a made-up language... Mm-hmm. Everything in the game, there's signs and like, you know, they tell you information and whatever, but it's all done through visuals and through sound and through music. And it's like you were saying, like, there's levels in that that I have yet to beat because it's you have to figure out what the pattern is and whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's exciting to see like indie developers get to sort of go backwards a little bit and like restrict themselves on like the technology they can use so that they can put out this beautiful story. Yeah, it's true. It's like, I haven't played that game yet. It's pretty high on my list. Um, but like you find, I feel like you'll find a lot of guys. I mean, there was like the artistic movement a few years ago, people discovered that, Oh, if you make your game pixelated, it gets at people's nostalgia boners Mm -hmm. and they'll buy it. (laughs) But I'm sure it's also cheaper than some other types and then also, like, it's there's a lot of there's still a lot of fun ideas in 2D, mm-hmm. which I think people don't quite acknowledge, like 2D or like top down or like bird's eye view, which I think is slightly tilted maybe. But yet, like, I don't know the the art's not quite dead yet. We don't need to go to like 3D open world, talk to all these people. Yeah, and like there's literally like a small country of people worked on this game so that you can like (laughs) take one car and bring it all the way across the world and do whatever you want. Like, like that's, I don't want to like hate on that necessarily. Like, I think that's fine. Sure. I also understand that like I've dedicated enough of my time 
to this stuff that I'm kind of willing to like sit and memorize a pattern mm-hmm. or like willing to like figure out the, the spacing on something. And I understand that not everyone has that time. So I try not to hit on it too much. But whenever I play like a mainstream modern game, I usually have to like really set back what I like from games a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Although I've played, again, I played a bunch of games that I really dug recently. And uh, luckily, that's good. <laughs> you know, it's good to play good games. Have you played the game Everything? Everything? I've heard of it. It's made by the same guy that made a game called Mountain. Okay, which I was, don't know uh, Mountain, but I know everything. So Mountain it. was a mountain simulator right? Um, where you exist as a mountain and stuff from space crashes into you until <laughs> yeah. the world ends. Wow. And like that's the... That's the game. What a That's dumb it. fucking idea. It's I mean, there's dumb. like a few games like that. Yeah. But I found it so relaxing because sure. I would just leave it up on my computer screen. It's like one of those uh, flight yeah. simulator games from back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Right. But then everything is probably, it feels like a very nihilistic game because it's everything you just, you just can be everything. Right. And that's kind of You can kind of go it. from like boulder to ant to like deer, right? To continent to planet to star yeah. to galaxy and you can like go all the way up and if you go large enough in the universe mm-hmm. or small enough in the universe it just loops back on itself yeah and yeah. like horrifying and it's horrifying and i don't get yeah. it but i like it a- i cool. find it very relaxing yeah. even though there's maybe no point to the game but the soundtrack is beautiful i mean i that's my thing though is that like there's a point to it. It's sure. just to have fun, you know? Yeah. And that's where I think a lot of these games, that's where I think has been forgotten in a lot of these games. Like, I now replay Mega Man 2 so much, or like Super Mario Bros. 3, and I now replay it just to see if I can beat my time. Yeah. You know? Like, how fast I can beat it. Because in truth, the thing that modern games figured out was that, oh, you want something at the end of beating this game yeah. you know like you want a trophy or you want like something shiny to look at later mm-hmm. so you like get your playstation 4 reward of like oh you beat the thing um but yeah going back to what you were saying before with everything that i always think of the ending of men in black where you go out slowly and it keeps going out through all the galaxies uh-huh. i don't think it's a it's an old show no, uh you keep going out and out and out and then eventually we're just a marble and a gigantic alien picks up the marble and puts it in the bag. And uh-huh. that's the end of the movie. Yeah. That is, I honestly, I think that movie's like pretty good. But I don't think any, I think that movie is, that's like the top of that movie is like, yeah, <laughs> is the idea of like, Probably oh, the most surprising and like poignant thing in the entire yeah. film. Yeah. Is that we, we can't even look out as far to see that we are literally just one glass and something else is marble, you know, yeah. or like one tiny yeah, it's so it makes size. It makes you realize about size and weight, how impossible. It's so cool. It's a grasp. Yeah. That's what makes me, makes me think of everything. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, P. May, thanks so much for talking to us oh, of today. Course. Uh, wow, that, that was a lot that of fun. Flew by. It did. Yeah. It was great. Um, where can people stay up to date with you? How can they find you? I mean, I don't really have. I have Instagram. Yeah. That's the best thing I can think You're of. You're on there. You're promoting your stuff on there. Yeah. What's your handle? I think it's this Patrick May 914. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's it. My face is on it. Patrick May 914. Yeah. Uh, where can people see you perform on a regular basis? Regular basis is Wednesdays, I think at 8 o'clock. Yeah. Two question marks, Metal Boy, my improv house team. Pat's improv team, Metal Boy, is yep. insanely good. Thank you. Everyone should go see them at the Magnet Theater. We're also, we're going to be, I think we're sharing a slot a bunch of times. You and we will be paired work. up with my team. My team will be paired up with Pat's team on oh, a regular yeah. basis. 
You can see the both of us. Body work is also amazing. Thank you very so much. So good. Um, and you also perform solo sketch shows on a regular basis. Uh, yes, I do. I do. So that's exciting. My own characters in sketch just by myself. And now the new thing, speaking of video games, is I do a video game improv show. Yeah. Where I do improv scenes with my friend Suleiman Beg while I play video games. And it's usually the, it's, well, as far as I know, it'll always be the classic games until my Steam account works with the projector. <laughs> you know, <laughs> then we'll maybe get more modern. But other than that, it's going to be like classic, maybe a few homebrews. Yeah. You know. Well, that is the, I think that's the perfect plug to end this episode. Great. Thanks for having uh, me, man. This is so much fun. Yeah. Thank you Great. for joining yeah, us, Pat. Uh, yeah. This was a really Great good time. You. Thank you for everyone out there listening. And until next time. Uh, hit, re- hit repeat. Yeah. yeah. Hit repeat. Yeah. Hit repeat. Yeah. You got it. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> Repeater is hosted by Evan Ford Barden and Patrick Cartelli. This episode was recorded at Magnet Training Center in New York City, where they offer classes in improv, musical improv, sketch writing, storytelling, and more. Find out more at magnettheater.com. Visit us online at repeater.show for live dates, hot music tips, and show archives. Theme music by the Sun Lions. Everything else by Love Nest Productions. Welcome to Repeater.